You are listening to the Commerce Insights with Woman podcast, where inspiring industry experts share their experiences and insights with us. We are here to bust the myth that commerce is complex, dull, and difficult. I am your host, Jacinda. Let's make commerce easy and exciting together. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Insights podcast with Woman. I'm here today with Chief Evangelist Mikko Rekola. As 2022 is coming to a close, let's have a discussion around successful direct-to-consumer brands on Shopify+. Plus. What is the common denominator with all these thriving brands, and what are the learnings retailers can take away from why this business model works so well? Welcome, Mikko. Thank you, Jacinda. Super good to be here. Very excited for today. Bit of a special episode in front of us. So let's let's get started right from the beginning. What would you say is some of those top reasons why DTC brands running on Shopify Plus, why are they so successful if you start from point number one? <laughs> For sure. I have thought about this topic a lot. I work mainly with Shopify Plus brands. Um, and I would say that number one is definitely fear of God. Um, by, by that, I mean that D2C brands are super agile. Um, they have learned how to navigate in, in sudden changes. Um, pivoting is in their DNA. So they have done some changes. They have learned a lot. Some things, what, what they do might be completely wrong, but they aren't too disturbed about that. I think like a very, very typical example would be that you produce goods in three different colors and then you immediately notice that all of these colors were, went wrong or one color was okay, but all the others were a disaster. And then you just like keep, keep moving. So you don't even stop when something goes wrong. And quite many D2C brands, at least the ones that we work with are exploring different categories and it might be that one category is available only for one season and then that never returns if the sales weren't on on the expected level so i love the way how they perform and they want to try new things and they uh, don't stop even though something wouldn't go 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 exactly right what i see with with many retail um retail chains is that they are sort of like in a different kind of optimization game where they just want to continue as everything is and the changes are much more narrow than, than what D2C brands are doing. I, I think that some retail brands learned to be more, more agile during the pandemic. That was a very positive sign, uh, but I think that there is still lots to do. Yeah, I think it comes to any with anything in life, if you don't try you know, you'll never know if you succeed, you might fail, but the more you fail, the more you also learn. So it's a, it's a good principle to live by. And it's also interesting that how, when, you know, the crisis situation comes, <laughs> that's when you make the changes, but it doesn't have to necessarily be that way because you could, you could innovate and you could uh, grow and, uh, you know, come up with new ideas a lot faster than just when it's an absolute must and you have literally no other option. So um, that's a very great point. Anything else to add uh, for point two? Well, totally like from still from a number one that if you practice, practice makes you a master. So if you try this pivoting in, in a better era or when the situation is still normal, then you can do it much more easier and there is not that much of a pain that there is that if you do this when you are forced to do it. So definitely, I, I think that you had a really good comment on that. And then on my number two topic here would be 
definitely the willingness to do that uh, do that additional job, which I, I mean that go that extra mile. And uh, it means that um, how many D2C brands give keep having that precious one-on-one -on -one relationship with the customer and they are truly working really hard to earn that customer, earn the respect, earn the trust and then continue with the whole relationship. So once a year a questionnaire stating that you 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 care or or that we care about our customers as quite many retail chains are doing, that's not simply enough in 2022 and it will, won't be enough in 2023. So you have to do more. I think like it's sort of even their responsibility to, to stay on top and understand their end consumers. Um, so I, I, I heavily argue that uh, is, uh, is what is enough and how much a, a, a retail chain also should do these days. I think like sl some D2C brands even slightly overdo it. It means that uh, um, that you are sending too much questions or you are even like pushing the customer somehow. Um, but no matter what, it's super important to speak directly to your customer and also have the capacity to listen and learn. So please don't forget to listen and learn. That's even more important than ask those questions. Then you only have that like two-sided communication going on. Absolutely. So it's not necessarily about just pushing, 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 uh, trying to like connect to the customer, but like you said, understanding what the customer wants and um, helping and providing value in those ways that's important to them. And that might look different for different businesses and different kind of customers. Fully agreed. Okay. So there's being agile, being willing to try things, getting to know your customers, what else does a successful D2C brand do? Well, I think like the, the thing that retail chains should, should learn and be better at is, is the, like personalization and willingness to personalize. And that would be my number three. Uh, so one of the things I truly love most about these modern D2C brands is the skill to produce goods to the market. Uh, for people who truly love uh, to shop these items. So in, in typical cases, you do some kind of like pre-sales run. Um, so you are trying to find that if there is demand for this kind of an item, this kind of a color, this kind of a print or whatever. And, and you can be as bold as brands such as Glossier and ask directly from cost, customers on social media, which color would you be willing to see next season? I find this really like fascinating thing that you, you, you empower the end consumers and, and most of the possibility to personalize items being sold. So it's, it's very nice that a consumer gets to have that more personal touch on the on the really good item. So I think that's a that's a winning combination. And it can be as simple as getting your own credentials on the bottom of your iPod's case, or even that you can tr uh, create like truly unique items such as Nike's ID concept. Love it. Been using it multiple times. Um, and I would like to see more of this also from, from the responsibility point of view, because the, according to the studies and, and data that we have seen in our customer cases, it's uh, it's. Uh, far more unlikely for people to toss that item after a long period of time if that's personalized. So people feel more connected to the item and if you are purchasing a personalized item you are probably like spending more time and money to get that so that that is likely being being loved. So I think that that's an interesting angle of this whole personalization topic. So 
either uh, think how you want to proceed yourself, but I would be as a consumer more likely to uh, get even more tailor-made goods uh, than shopping goods in bulk if they just would be available from, from D2C brands. So a, a major winner there. And I would also love to see that retail uh, chains would offer more personalization options. I don't know what why that happens uh, or if, if that's something that is going to happen in the, in the future, but definitely a topic where retail uh, brands should and could learn from top D2C brands. It's interesting that research shows that personalization is so important for uh, the end consumers nowadays, but I read somewhere, I think it was on McKenzie, that only about 15% of retailers are actually utilizing it, which is such a low <laughs> percentage. <laughs> and it's it's, it's interesting. Um, and it's, it's so true that you know, I understand why the personalization is becoming such a huge thing. We all love attention <laughs> direct, yep. directed at us. And um, for example, Function of Beauty, which is a hair hair brand, um, hair product brand that I use, it's it's amazing that you get to choose, you get to choose your own like specific ingredients that is specific for your hair type. It's also, so that provides me so much more value just than just getting a random bottle at the store. That's just a one size fits all sort of approach. And plus you get your name branded there, everything. So it's just a nice touch to have that in your shower. <laughs> so it, it makes a lot of sense. Fully agreed. And I think like from, from a consumer point of view, um, I understand that uh, personalization must be expensive in many cases, but there are even like top brands such as Apple who have learned long, long time ago that personalization is the key. And with personalized goods, you are able to increase the margin and you're also able to, to collect data. As example, what do they type in that open field? And you are able to do like from products more to services or service concepts together with those products. So definitely I, I think where I would love to see retail chains to explore it further. And I think as data is becoming more um, a part of businesses, you're also able to uh, make this personalization more of a reality because you have more of a view on your customers than ever before. So if now, if ever it's possible, and you should definitely utilize it by using that data. Definitely. And I love that you mentioned data because my number four has lots to do with data. My number four is like A-B testing all the way. So from the first ad you see online to the influencer you react and what you see on different pages online, um, what happens offline, what is the customer journey. So D2C brands are constantly testing. They are testing different things there. It, it's about visuals, it's about copy text, it's about the messaging, it's about the whole experience. So you need to elevate your level when you keep testing. I've, I've um, been shopping at multiple like very big uh, retail chains all across the globe and, and the issue I see is that they are very, um, very much not so able to, to, to A-B test or not at least so willing to A-B test, uh, having the, the possibility that they are on already on that scale that they feel afraid of, of testing. Um, and that's something that D2C brands don't. Even the biggest D2C brands selling for hundreds of millions, they are still being very agile with testing. And I know that this partly comes from the Shopify's ecosystem. 
which has made like testing easier, faster and cheaper. But I also believe that it's also a mindset. Uh, and I love how bis new, even new business models are being built by this kind of mindset and ecosystem that they understand that testing can be done in even the smallest things. And it's also like sort of fun to test, fun to see how they react. Um, and this is done for a purpose. So truly uh, A-B testing, A-B testing, offline, online, do some testing. That would be my 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 number four. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, big retailers, especially, they are so conservative, and it's 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 like you said, the mindset that they've had for so long. So for them, like testing something new, absolutely not. It, this takes a lot of planning, strategizing, budgeting, everything. It's a bit of a risk, in my opinion. If you even if you think you're this, you know, you're this huge re retailer, you. You've been around for 20 years, 30 years. It doesn't necessarily guarantee future success, though. So, like, that's why also the testing is super important, even though you think that, oh, we're doing fine. A good example is, for example, Toys R Us. They, they um, kind of lost the battle, in a sense, due to this, because they didn't think that they had to innovate and uh, react to the market changes and now of course they're they went into liquidation and now um they're they're coming back or they've come back again and now now they learned their lesson the hard way but you don't have to necessarily go through that phase uh to get to this point so yep and actually that was a really good example because my number five would be something that is uh, very much uh, related to what you just said uh so I think this last one might even surprise you. D2C um, brands are far greater than retail chains when it comes to their attitude. I've, I've often like thought about this and where this actually comes from. So mostly it has something to do with the fact that D2C brands are born rebels, more, of the, more or less so. These brands do things differently. And if you are even an intelligent one, you think twice before coming up with the concept. So you are trying to do the same things from another perspective. And I think like in, in many ways, D2C brands are bending the rules when it comes to the physical life, especially like POS sales. So they might have a pop-up or they might have physical uh, locations, but they don't, uh, they don't obey the rules, the big ones or the retail chains do. So they can be much more personal, more intimate, and they can simply be just like much more fun and shopping is also about experience and fun. So the real beauty behind here, of course, is, is also the Shopify POS. So for Shopify Plus brands, it's super easy to connect to Shopify POS and POS Pro, where you can track customers omnichannel, which gives you gives you the possibility to, to further optimize also the physical experience, exactly the same way you do with the online experience. So. My number five, five definitely would be that uh, how they behave differently and they dare to break some rules and bend some rules, uh, not only online, but definitely also offline. Um, and I, I think that that's also something where many retail chains would have lots to learn. So just to visit the idea to see brands online, uh, online store is one thing, but the second thing is to see that how they cater customers offline and, and learn from that. So I think that would be my, my number five. Since we're speaking about uh, DTC brands, specifically on Shopify Plus, what other functionalities you think that Shopify Plus has that 
um, contribute to the success of the direct-to-consumer brands? Oh, oh my, what a question. Um, I think like it, it has lots to do with the ecosystem and, and the basic apps we truly like recommend, whether it's Klaviyo or Yotpo, those have lots to do with it. And, and the fact that it's super easy to do these actions, I of course compare this with some more traditional tools and heavy, heavy end tools that are tough to use. So then you actually end up spending most of your time in learning to to you run these tools, whether when you are running these more flexible and easy to use tools, you can concentrate on the business. And then when you can concentrate more on the business, you can tell more about the stories, you can make more personalization happening, you can be more closer to the customer and spend more time with the customer. And I think that's um, that has something something to do with the fact. And like in a, in a greater picture, I see that uh, when you are running a, a Shopify Plus store, you are spending much more time on the business itself and not, not anymore so much time about the technology and all the technological stuff. And I'm slightly bummed by the fact that uh, headless has been such a buzzword that people keep spending like too much time on the t discussion that should I go headless or then when they go headless spend lots of time with that. I'm not in any ways against headless but I just want to make sure that these D2C brands or brands in general would spend more time on the actual business case, testing, understanding the consumers, launching products people actually want to buy, understanding how the market changes and everything. So definitely want to steer them to the right directions and that e-commerce is mainly about business, business planning, business testing, business uh, developing rather than, than the IT itself. So I think like Shopify ecosystem is enabling these brands to do the things that I just list. So make IT simple <laughs> and focus on the business. <laughs> totally. Thanks so much for today. Uh, hope to talk to you soon, Jacinda. Thank you very much. And thank you for our listeners. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye.